You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. If you want to be as visible as possible right now, then you know that PR is the best way to maximize your credibility and expertise. Our sponsor, former journalist and PR expert Nicola Rowley, is hosting a free four-day from incognito to interviewed PR challenge starting on Monday the 17th of October at 10 a.m. BST. This challenge is for you if you want to know how to get started with PR, how to harness publicity to help cement your expert status or drive sales in your business, and how to start feeling more confident to put yourself forward for opportunities. You can sign up now at go.njrpr.com forward slash challenge. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. You're going to like this because we're doing a little mini series. This is the first kind of series we've done on these podcasts and we're doing a three-part series about writing a business book. And we're doing that because of two things. One, because I have a brilliant masterclass coming up for you guys on how you can write your own brilliant business book. And two, because my book is going to be out for pre-order in the next week or so. So I'm excited for you to be able to see that. And so we're going to go through three different episodes in the next three episodes. So this week's episode, I'm going to talk to you all about, you know, the different types of publishing. If you want to write a book, like how you can get it done, whether you go the traditional route, the self-publishing route, the hybrid route, there are different ways of doing things. On next week's show, I'm going to talk to you all about why I decided to write the book and what the book is actually about, like what's in it. And then on the third part of the series, I'm going to talk to you about the process that I went through doing a traditional book. So like with a traditional publisher, the kind of things I had to do and kind of um, back and forth we had to go and what happened step by step, just in case you're thinking about doing that way. But also because no one ever told me like, what actually was involved. And it's been over a year's process to get it done. So that's what we're going to talk about. So today, because we're talking about hybrid publishing, I've brought on the expert in hybrid publishing, and that is Abigail Horn. Abby owns Authors & Co. And I am part owner of Authors & Go Academy. So it's a really good uh, way for me to be able to teach you about business books with somebody that's been doing it for years and doing it brilliantly. And is known as the best in our online space at doing this. So welcome to podcast, Abby. Thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure. No worries. So you've been on the podcast before, ages and ages ago, but I want to talk today specifically, it was, I want to talk specifically about why people do decide to publish their book in the hybrid kind of way and what the difference is between the hybrid way the traditional kind of publisher way and self-publishing because people might not know there is even a difference. They might just assume you write a book, you send it to a publisher and off it goes. So give us a little rundown of the differences. The number one reason that people will choose to self-publish or hybrid publish is because they've tried to get a traditional publishing deal and that hasn't worked out for them or because they recognize that you haven't got the sort of size and engaged audience to get a traditional deal. 
so they don't even bother in the first place. Because you know, as well as I know, in the non-fiction space, it's very much about your audience size and what you can bring to the table in terms of engagement, not just all about the content and the ideas of the book. And that's important that people recognise it, it doesn't mean that their book isn't brilliant. That's so true. And actually, the first time I sent my book to a publisher, it wasn't even one of the top publishers. It was somebody that I thought would take my book because they'd taken other people's. And the first thing they said was, we love your book. We love the contents of your book, but we won't publish it because your audience isn't big enough. Come back to us when you've doubled it in size. What it does is it puts people, especially business owners, in this really peculiar situation where they want to grow their audience in order to get opportunities like that. But we know that having a book within your brand and your business will help you grow that audience. So it's like, what do you do first? So the hybrid publishing route gives people an opportunity to put a professional book out there to a standard that a publishing house would put out there and not have to wait for that sort of validation or permission. And it allows them to start growing their audience. And there's lots of benefits that can come off the back of that, including getting a traditional publishing deal. That's right. Yeah, I know two very, very big, well-known people in our space. And I asked them how they got their traditional book deal because they were two of the first books I read. And they said, oh, we didn't. We self-published or hybrid published. And then what happened after that is because we marketed it so well ourselves, traditional book publisher came to us and said, oh, can we have your book and we'll give you some money for it. So actually, it doesn't mean that you can't have both. It's just that lots of people start with the hybrid. When I spoke to my publisher, I was told that a massively small percentage of how many people write in with a proposal and say, I'd like you to publish my book. They take a really tiny percentage of how many come in. And so what happens to all the others that have got these brilliant ideas? And it's such a shame that they then just don't write them. So I think it's amazing that there is such a thing as hybrid. And I think it's important to talk about the difference between a hybrid book publisher like yours and self-publishing because they are very different. You have a lot of things in, in yours that I couldn't believe. So self-publishing is generally somebody doing it alone. Even if they bring in an odd freelancer, maybe to design a book cover or to help them a little bit with their interior formatting, generally they are putting something out there completely by themselves. And that normally means that the standard isn't to the standard that you would expect to see or that you would want to see from a traditional publishing house. And I think you can tell, I think I can tell straight away when I see people launching books, whether they've had support with that or not. And that's not to, that's not to say don't do that. I think if that's your only option, you know, great, get something out there. But I think there's also got to be this realization that because a book is like a very low cost entry point for people. It's going to be one of the first introductions that your brand can make to someone. And how you do anything is how you do everything. So it's like people will see that that might not be brilliant and automatically presume that, oh, maybe everything else isn't that brilliant either. So that, that, that's what I would say is more of a risk to self-publishing. That's not to say I disagree with it. I think more than that my biggest concern and it is a concern around self-publishing is that people don't always understand the legalities 
involved. I agree. In I think that's which there are, such a big which one. There are several. There are several. And, you know, anyone that just thinks they can put a book out there saying what they want, using whatever covers they want and whatever fonts they want and all things like that, you know, that's you know, it's very much mistaken. It is mistaken. And actually, the the legal part of what we had to go through in the traditional publishing route Literally, they had a lawyer go through my book line by line, taking out the bits, saying, "Okay, we need permission from this person because you've mentioned her. Is this person their real name? Can this person be identified?" It was like huge, and I think mm. that one of the th- the great things that you do, not only in you publishing other people's books in this hybrid way, but also when you teach it, is to teach them what to look for because it's really important that they know where there could be problems because that can cost you thousands in libel fees, <laughs> like thousands and thousands. It's exactly that. So it's not that every person needs to have a, a solicitor line by line through their book, but you at least need to have a basic understanding of these are the things you can do. These are the things you can't do. Once your book is published, these are all the, let's say, libraries that it's got to be sent to because there are six books in the UK that your library has got to be sent to by law People don't realise these things. I didn't realise that. Yeah, but you, you don't expect it to because your traditional publisher will deal with all of that yeah, on your behalf. I, I don't even know if any of my book clients would know that because we deal with it all on their behalf. They never send their books anywhere. We do that all for them completely behind the scenes. But we know that all the legal boxes have been ticked. Yeah. And I, that, that's the risk between traditional publishing and self-publishing hybrid will take very good elements from both but you know there's a you can call it a downside or or not but there's obviously a cost that comes to hybrid publishing that means that you are working with a professional team of people that aren't going to take your rights that aren't going to take your royalties but are going to support you in doing all of the things that a traditional publishing house would yeah and one of the things people always say which is very much mistaken is I don't want to pay people to get my book out there. I want to be paid. You're actually paying anyway because you're paying royalties when you do it the traditional way. This way, you're just paying those royalties kind of up front to people to make sure you're getting it done right with hybrid publishing. Yeah, I've corrected people many a time, sometimes very pleasantly and just explained it. But when I've seen comments before, which I have, of sort of people so shocked and dismayed that, publishing costs money you know I I thought this would be free this is disgraceful I have to remind some individuals who do you think is paying for editors and proofreaders and formatters and typesetters and book cover designers people that have spent years and years in university and doing master's degrees and spending tens upon thousands of pounds on their own education to be in these professions just for somebody to turn around and say well I thought I was getting this for free. It's actually very insulting. What happens in the traditional space is all of those people still get paid. You're just paying with your royalties. There's there's no difference. You will always pay. Yeah, you do always pay. And actually, there are some benefits to going the hybrid route over the traditional route that I've found. So one of those things is you have more control. So with traditional, you don't have loads of control over things. You can input like your ideas on, well, I don't really like this or I want this to be different. But at the end of the day, they've bought the rights to your book. You you basically 
will not get the end say. They will say what it's going to look like and what it's going to be in it and those kind of things. And also control about how you use it. So one of the things that I can't really do with mine is use it as a book funnel. One of the best ways that I think people use their business books is as a funnel to other services. I can't really do that because I would have to pay an author's copy amount, which is quite expensive to buy the book to be able to send it out. Whereas when you do hybrid publishing, I mean, you can charge whatever you like. It's completely up to you. And you can have as many of those books as you like, and you can use it however you want to use it. And I do think that is the biggest downside of traditional over hybrid. Obviously, the biggest upside to doing traditional Maybe even the only upside, if I if I think about it properly, is that I get to see my book in a bookshop. And I think that, yeah. you know. And that's, that's massive. That's massive. And we can't take away that prestige. What I would say is, because I totally get that dream, and it's definitely a dream for myself. As you know, I am currently going through the hybrid publishing process at the moment with my own children's book. And that won't naturally be stocked in bookshops because it's been hybrid published, not traditionally published. However, I've already got three bookshops, two of which are mainstream bookstores that have agreed to stock my book because I've paved the way for that. I am building the relationships for that. So it's one of those situations where it's a million times easier with a traditional publishing house because the relationship is already in place and you aren't going to have to think about it. So the reality is, I am going to be able to walk into airport shops and bookshops and see your book without you lifting another finger. For my clients, that wouldn't be the same thing. If they want that kind of prestige, they're going to have to put some legwork in themselves. So what I want you to take from that is everything is possible. Everything is possible. But what I would question is how much value that brings. So I'm going to accept the personal value oh, of it's definitely just, seeing this in a bookstore. It's a vanity metric yeah. that I want. <laughs> yeah, right. And I love that. And I and do you know what? So is my children's book, right? So is my children's book. So I get it. It's something that I wanted to see. But I know full well that when I look at my book sales reports of where my book is actually being bought from, it's going to be from Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be. And, yeah, even... and, that, and, and, and some people... It's a sad reality for some because, you know, not everybody is a fan of Amazon, but we, we are where we are. Their delivery and their processing speed is just above and beyond what anyone else can compete with. Yeah, I spoke to my, to my publishers and said, you know, where is the place where we're going to be selling this the most? Thinking it'll be like little individual bookshops. She was like, Amazon, it's exactly the same. Um, it's Amazon that we're going to be sending everyone to, to buy the book. But yeah, I totally get it. Like sales-wise, if you're looking at it from a business point of view, hybrid is the way to go. If you're looking at it from a one-off sort of, I just want to see my book in a, a bookshop at the airport kind of way to go, then traditional can be. But I love that you can go the hybrid route and then still have the same book. The traditional route when your audience is big enough and when they've seen that you've sold, you've marketed so many that they're going to be able to make money from it. Because if they see you marketing it well, they know already that you're halfway there because that's what they that's what traditional book publishers want. They want you to be able to market the book to your audience the end of the day. And that's exactly it. And I would hope 
that I can now show when everything to do with my children's book is published. I would hope that I can show my own sales and my own success with it. And you never know, maybe a traditional publisher will pick up that book or maybe they will give me an opportunity to write another book. But I never even cared about that with my nonfiction book that supports my business. And you know that from knowing me all of this yeah. time. So I've never gone down this route or tried this route for that book because I just love the fact that the royalties I get from that book every year pays for a massive family holiday for a big family that I've got. And the so royalties are yours at the end the royalties of the day. Are, They're all mine. And it supports my business and I didn't have to wait for anybody. I'm able to make changes to it and use it in any way that I want, when I want. But my children's book I view differently because it's not a money-making thing. It hasn't been done for that purpose. So if you're thinking about writing a business book, and there are a load of reasons why you should, by the way, like whatever route you choose to do it, you, you should be writing a book. And lots of people say, oh, I've only been in business for a few years. I don't like, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm not the guru. How can I write a business book? And actually, it's the business book itself that puts you as the expert, as the guru, because you have a book on it. Um, so it's really the other way around. But if you're thinking of writing a book, and if you're not coming along anyway, because you probably will be after a masterclass, we have a masterclass coming up for you. It's completely free on writing your business book and things that you need to think about. It's actually going to be more like a workshop, right? We've been thinking about how we want to do this, Abby and I, and I want you to actually implement some things, actually get a little bit further along to writing your book rather than just learning about it. So it's going to be probably around 90 minutes. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think you're going to really enjoy it. So if you want to sign up for that, if you go to authors.lisajohnson.com forward slash masterclass, you will be able to sign up and we will send you all the details of that masterclass for you. It is something that normally would be charged for, but we are selling something at the end of it. Not everybody is going to want to buy into that, but some some people will do. And for that reason, it's going to be completely free. So I'd love you to come to that workshop. What kind of businesses and what kind of people do you think, Abby, make for really, really great business books? It seems like such a cliche, but I can honestly say over the last five years, I have worked with every business under the sun on their books, including nothing, people, nothing to do with the online space, professional CEOs, MDs of companies. Like we've got a, we've got quite a big corporate sort of author base as well. So we've definitely for coaches, consultants, um, anybody in the mentoring space, if you are selling any programs, if you're not selling any programs, but want to, honestly, just for anybody, if, if you've got knowledge in your mind, like you absolutely can write a nonfiction book and yeah. make money from it. And impact a hell of a lot of more people than you can in mm. any other way. Amazing. Thank you, Abby, for being here today. I will see you on the masterclass. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hopefully you're going to sign up. I will put the link in the show notes as well. And I'll be back next week to talk to you about my own book and what's in that book and why I wrote it. So I will see you then. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.